Hello everybody, I am Orlando Gardner and welcome to the first episode of Resident Talk here at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center at the Permian Basin. I am joined as always by Alfredo Iardino. Hello and welcome again. Uh, this episode will be posted on uh, June 22nd, 2018. Now let's get to business. Um, one of the purposes of this podcast is actually to discuss common issues residents may encounter while being on call or when presented with challenging questions in the clinic. I think one of the most common problems in both outpatient and inpatient settings is pneumonia, a problem that can take a turn for the worse very rapidly. Not only that, but diagnosing pneumonia is very difficult as well, considering that it shares a lot of similar symptoms with other diseases like heart failure or pulmonary embolism. Some of the red flags that can help us differentiate pneumonia from these diseases is actually the symptomatology. Frequently, patients present with fever, dyspnea, and productive cough, with pruritic chest pain. Rails can be heard over the involved lobes, and if consolidation is present, we can have an increase in tachyphremitis, bronchial breathing, and egophony. Workup essentials will consist of CBC, CMP, spirum gram stain, culture with blood cultures, and chest x-ray. In this test, we could see an elevated white blood cell count on the CBC, and hyponatremia and elevated LFTs, for example, that can suggest Legionella as a culprit. Grand stain and cultures can also, also orient the, um, the causative agent. Procalcitonin is a serum biomarker that rises in response to some infections, but its diagnostic accuracy is moderate, so it's not routinely used to diagnose community-acquired pneumonia. It's more commonly used once the diagnosis is already established and is and drawn serially after starting antibiotics to assess if we could de-escalate antibiotics. Typically, we would get blood cultures in all patients we suspect some type of infection. Sputum cultures will be beneficial when we are admitting a patient to the ICU. Deciding to admit a patient to the hospital is one of the most difficult tasks a resident may encounter. One of the most commonly used scores to decide if we admit a patient or not to the hospital is the CORP65 and the Pneumonia Severity Index. Let's see a little bit about what CORP65 is. When we go through this score, we will assess the patient for confusion, uremia using the BUN value, respiratory rate, and blood pressure. Now, the Pneumonia Severity Index takes various factors including clinical, demographical, laboratory data, and radiological factor using CT of the chest. If CORP is above 1 or 2, and if the PSI is class 3 or 4, I'm sorry, 3 to 5, admission is required. PSI is generally better than predicting mortality, but CORP65 is easiest at the bedside. Empiric antibiotic therapy is the hallmark of therapy in these patients, and usually we would start ceftriaxone and azithromycin. We can consider levofloxacin by itself if a patient has a drug allergy, but as a rule of thumb, it's always a good idea to find out what the what that allergy actually is. For patients being admitted to the ICU, piperacillin tazobactam would be the preferred agent, and, mer- and if MRSA incidence is greater than 5% at the hospital you are working, or recent uh, hospital admission, vancomycin would also be added. A common question we get from attendants on these cases is, what are we covering with the antibiotics we choose? So let's go one by one. Ceftriaxone will cover most gram-positive coccyx except MRSAs and gram-negative rods except pseudomonas, while acitromycin will cover most atypical. 
Talking about piperacil and tazobactam, which will have a broader spectrum, will cover gram-positive coccyx and gram-negative rods, including the pseudomonas, with the adding of vancomycin that will cover MRSA only. And levofloxacin will cover gram-positive coccyx, but not MRSA, and will cover gram-negative rods, including the pseudomonas. We will need pseudomonal coverage if the patient has had recent hospitalizations, previous antibiotic therapies, pulmonary comorbidities, aspiration, and multiple comorbidities. Now let's talk about a very controversial topic, and is the adding glucocorticoids to as an adjunct therapy. This, as I already said, is very controversial, and the rationale for treating patients is to reduce the inflammation response and can attribute to a reduced morbidity and mortality. Patients who benefit are usually the ones with severe community core pneumonia, which are the ones that require inpatient hospitalization or the ones that need to be admitted to the ICU or presenting septic shock. Now, discharge planning begins once patient has improved, improvement of symptoms and there is an oral antibiotic option for this patient to be discharged home. And this is always we need to do when we admit a patient since day one, we need to start thinking, what are we gonna do when the patient gets better and is ready to be discharged? Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, but thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed listening as we enjoyed preparing this for you guys. Please drop us a line with any suggestions or topics you would like to see addressed in the podcast at our email, residenttalk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.